You know, we've talked all summer about how that we're not alone. I'm not talking about the social media hysteria about Area 51. If any of you guys are planning on going and raiding that, all right, please be careful and don't get arrested. But we are not alone. According to Hebrews chapters 11 and 12, we've been reminded that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And these are individuals who have gone on before us. And we've also been reminded as we have shared stories with one another that we are surrounded here by men and women who, just like each one of you, we're, we're daily faced with the ups and downs of, of faith and faithfulness and, and what it means to do life with God. And we have intentionally embarked on this journey of rediscovery so that we could be encouraged and so that we could have confidence, so that we would not just endure, but so that together we could thrive as disciples of Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, it's hard to believe our summer is winding down. It is getting close to the end. The kids are getting ready to go back to school. And we do wish, man, we wish everybody a great school year. We want, we want our students to be ambassadors for Christ. And we appreciate the way in which our teachers are. Man, you guys do such a great job of bringing the light of God into your classroom. And we appreciate that so much. So here's what I want us to do over the next few weeks here in August as we wind down our summer. I want us to focus on what the Hebrews author expects will be the outcome. The outcome of our being surrounded by witnesses of God's power and his, and his might. You see there on the screen where the scripture says, we're surrounded. And because we are surrounded, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now the phrase that's translated there is throw off. It's a compound word in the Greek language, and it could be translated to lay something down and to push it beyond reach. To push it beyond reach so that you can't get to it anymore. The writer speaks of, to people who are, who are worn out and people who are ready to give up, and he tells them, look, identify what it is that is weighing you down. Identify what it is that, is, that has got you so so claustrophobic, feels like that you have been closed in on every side. He says, set that down and kick it away and, and push it away and throw it off and get rid of it. And it's not just a mild suggestion. It's a direct charge to use our strength, whether it be our, our physical strength or our emotional strength, depending on the situation, and to throw the item off. The idea is to, to get up and it's to is to grab that bowl, is to, is to grab that bucket, is to grab what, whatever it is that is so enticing and it's to push it farther and farther out of reach. And yes, throwing off implies that something is on you, that there is a weight, that there is a, a pressure. And you can only know that something's on you if you feel it and experience its effects. And it's kind of like when you walk into an old and musty room and, and you walk through a spider web and nobody else can see that spider web, but they can see you. And, and, and they see you as you're going, ah! it's like, what happened to him? I don't know. It's the spirit of something. And you know, you've been there before. You just want to get it off and you want to, you want to no, get, get, it, get it away from me. The challenge for us is to identify the things in our life that are weighing us down and take action so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. 
And Hebrews gives us two webs to rid ourselves of. The writer says, you need to get rid. You need to throw it off. You need to have a fit with those things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles. He's actually moving from general to specific. The word hinders is a noun that means any kind of weight. I like the way the New Living Translation puts this. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Think of that image. The Greeks, during the time when Hebrews was written, enjoyed their sporting events. And Greek runners, like maybe some of you even today, would use leg weights in order to train. And then when the time for the race came, they would cast those weights aside. And they would use them for, whether it be races or whether it be hurdles or swimming, the weights were used to build strength. But then when they were cast aside, the athlete was was stronger. The athlete was lighter and, and freer and ready to excel. So important was the idea of stripping off weight that Greek runners would run naked or almost naked. Because after all, every extra pound adds 1.4 seconds to a mile. Isn't that right, Aaron? He's like, why did you point me out in this illustration? I have no idea. You know, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to identify some common weights that hinder us. And these weights, they don't apply in the same pressure to everyone. But there are some dead weights that are common to most of us. You know, carrying anything extra is just going to slow you down. And if you carry it long enough, you're going to reach a point where you just decide, you know what, I'm just going to give up. But here's the deal. You can't give up. Father, we are an anxious and hindered people today. Our heart aches, is broken. As this weekend we have learned of, we've learned of how evil has again taken life. We don't have all the answers and we don't know all the causes and we just see the effects. We see the impact. We see the loss of life. We see the, the pain in the, in the eyes of mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and children. And then as we watch these different events unfold in, in Texas and today in Ohio... The images come to us on, the, on our screens, but we feel the weight in our living rooms. We feel, the, we feel the anxiety and the pressure right here on us in this room. And so we come to you this morning, believing that you do all things well, and knowing that you see all things. And we ask for your comfort and peace to be on those who have lost loved ones. We ask for your mercy and grace to be upon those who have taken life. 
We ask for healing. We ask for peace. We ask for an end to hatred and violence. We ask that the anxiety and the pressure that we feel just going out of the house, that it be lifted and taken away. Father, help us to strip off everything that hinders, everything that Satan tries to place on us, everything that that he tries to put in our lives, to put in our communities. We strip off all those things that weigh us down so that we will not grow weary in our faith, so that we will persevere, so that we can show others your love, so that we can show others your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace, so that we can love our neighbor, so that we can be the first to extend a hand, so that we can be the first to dry a tear, so that we can be the first to say it stops here and stops now. Father, be with us this month and help us to be free. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Did you know that the average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s? All these kids that you saw up here earlier, the children that are going to be in your classroom. The anxiety that is pressing down on them is tremendous. The anxiety that many of you guys feel. The anxiety that you have as husbands and wives, the anxiety that you feel as co-workers, as employers. If we're honest about it, that weight just seems to be pressing down harder and harder, especially during weeks like the last one we've had. Anxiety symptoms include fear and nervousness, irritability, sleeplessness, and feeling, you know, overwhelmed. For us as adults, we say, you know, I'm just feeling anxious. I'm just feeling worried. And for the children that are present, they say, I've got a tummy ache. I'm not feeling good. I don't want to get out of bed. There's the breathing difficulties, there's the chest pain, there's the, the concentration problems, the digestive issues, the, the headaches, the muscle tension, the low energy. Anxiety can even cause disturbing and obsessive thoughts, memory loss and forgetfulness. And if these weren't bad enough, anxiety has even been linked to, to cause body odor and, and hair loss and excess armpit sweat. Now how many of you are feeling anxious right now? You're like, I didn't realize it. I had no idea. Dr. Robert Leahy in his book, Anxiety Free, concluded that we live in the age of anxiety. He said, we have become a nation of nervous wrecks. Just this last week, NFL offensive lineman, I... Isaac Asieda announced his retirement. 
And he cited anxiety and fear of the unknown. He had a heartfelt Instagram, social media post, and he said, I have lived the last two years of my NFL career waging war with myself mentally, with constant anxiety, persistent worry, and fear of the unknown. You know, to one degree or another, whether, whether you're a big NFL football player or, or you're the smallest person in your homeroom class, Anxiety is a weight that we all carry. I was reminded of that this week. I was putting this lesson together on the left coast. I spent the last week in California. And after I had put together my notes and plans for, for this message, I, I received two different phone calls from individuals that are part of our church family. Individuals who had no idea what we we're going to be talking about this week, had no idea what the lesson subject matter was going to be. And two individuals that would speak to me about the anxiety that they feel personally and the anxiety that's present in their family. One individual said that he just felt crushed. And some, the weight is crushing. For others, it's just annoying. You know, on the anxiety spectrum, there are some of you that suffer from PTSD. You suffer from PTSD due to some trauma or abuse that happened in the past and you never feel safe. And almost always you're in that fight or flight or freeze response. And you never know what might trigger it. And some of you, when you heard about the incidents in El Paso, when you saw what took place early in the morning hours in Ohio, you'd wondered if you wanted to get out of bed this morning at all. Some of you have had trouble sleeping because you can't stop thinking about everything you need to get done. You're worried about your job situation. You're concerned about your children going to school. You're, you're worried about your own health. Just thinking about the drive home from work as you, as you stressed out. And let me tell you, if that's one of your stresses, go to Los Angeles. Because then you will appreciate your drive home. You know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's money trouble that, are, that, that triggers all of the responses that you're having. Maybe it's problems with in-laws. Maybe it's issues that are even going on within our church family. And you just feel overwhelmed. I want you to know this morning that the weight that you feel, it is real. And I'm not here today to say, you know what, don't worry about it. And, and it's not that big of a deal. And, and just suck it up. And, and you, you can get through this. That weight simultaneously pulls you down while pressing you into submission. And it's just made some of you just feel plain exhausted, like you feel like giving up. And no matter where you are on the anxiety spectrum... I want you to know that I truly believe that God wants to take away the weight of that anxiety. Now, you're still going to have your mother-in-law, all right? You're still going to have to get up and go to work in the morning. You're still going to have to go to school this week. These things that are causing the anxious feelings that you have in your life, those are not going away. But I truly believe that God wants to take away that worry and that that fear and that anxiety. And if we could just learn to hand it over to him, it would change the way that we run our race. You know, a new 
Christian community was growing and the followers of Christ were feeling stressed out and overwhelmed. And one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, he had begun life as a fisherman and now he was a leader within the Jesus community and he wrote to encourage the people in the face and prospect of arrest and execution under Emperor Nero. In the first chapter of his first letter to the churches, he says, to God's elect exiles scattered throughout. They've been driven out of their homes. Many of them are living as refugees. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their possessions. And they've been separated from friends and family. And that's a lot of weight that they're trying to carry as they're trying to maintain this race, as they're trying to be faithful to God. And their legs are becoming weary and they don't know how much farther they can go. And here is what Peter says as he concludes his letter. He tells the Christians, speaking of God, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now look, I understand that if you are overwhelmed by by the different weights that you are carrying, a verse like this doesn't necessarily help that much when somebody lays it on you. It just feels a little bit naive and and maybe even a little offensive. All right, Chris, great. Just throw my anxiety on God. Thanks, Peter. That's what I need to know. Answer solved. All my problems are good. I'm just going to throw it all over to God. These verses, it come across as simplistic and ignorant when the weight of anxiety is crushing down on us. I get that. So for a minute, don't focus on the first part that says cast all your anxiety on him. Instead, I want you to focus on that second line. And ask yourself this question. Do you believe that the God of all creation cares for you? You see, whether or not you see this verse as helpful or lame, whether or not you see the power here depends on what you believe about God. Do you believe that he cares and do you you trust in him? My guess is that your willingness to accept this verse and believe it has a lot to do with whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. And so it might surprise you to learn that the, the very guy that wrote this also had times in his life where he questioned the care of God. In Mark chapter 4, we read about Jesus putting his disciples in a boat and he instructs them to sail to the other side of the lake. And a terrible storm comes up and even though those in the boat are seasoned fishermen, Scripture makes no doubt about the fact that they were terrified. In the middle of the storm, someone noticed that Jesus is sleeping there at the stern of the ship and panicked. Peter and the other disciples run to him and I want you to see what they ask him. They say, don't you care? They wake him up from his sleep and say, hey, don't you care that we are about to die? And for some of you, that is the exact question that you have been asking this weekend, that you have asked this last week, that, hey, maybe you've asked it this entire year. Don't you care? If you care, then why did you allow us to get into this boat? And why did you allow us to buy this house? And why did you allow us to move to this town? And why did you allow us to take this job and get married? And and if you cared, you know what? You wouldn't be sleeping. You wouldn't be sleeping because if you cared, you would know that we're drowning. Drowning in debt and in bitterness and in loneliness. Drowning in disappointment. If you cared, then you'd do something. Let's just be honest. That's how we... 
That's how we feel oftentimes. Just like the disciples. Because Peter and those other disciples struggle to believe that God cares because they, like us, are guilty of measuring God's concern based on how hard it's raining. Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves as if they're unruly children. And he says, quiet, be still. It's as if he can't believe what he's hearing. Hey, quiet, quiet down, quiet down over here. Wind, waves, stop. And then he looks at his confused children on the boat. And he asks them this question. Why are you so afraid? It was a good question then and now. Why are you afraid? Could it be that you question God's concern for your life? Jesus once said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Look at, look at the lilies that are out in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So Peter says, cast all your anxiety on God. Because he cares. He cares. You know, when I see the word cast there in Peter's writing, my mind thinks about fishing. Peter was a fisherman. Makes sense that he would employ a word like this. Be able to pull back, go back into his career lingo and describe what it is we need to do with our anxieties. But if that's what he's saying, let's just be honest, that's a bit discouraging. Because when I cast... I also reel back in. I've never known a fisherman that just cast it. Never known a good one. Just said, you know what? I just think I'm just going to go. I'm just going to cast. And I'm just going to sit there and do nothing. And never reel in. Casting implies that something is coming back to us. And that's not necessarily good. But here's the deal. As it happens, the word cast isn't a fishing term. He doesn't use a fishing term. He uses a word that's used only one other time in Scripture, and it's translated as transfer, or more literally, to transfer the weight. You know, probably somebody has come to you at a time in the past, and they knew that you were upset about something, they knew that you were worried, and they just said, you know what, you just need to let go and let God, right? You've heard that? Let go and let God? They said, all you gotta do is just let go of your anxieties, just let go of your cares. And, and I know... People have meant well, and I've meant well in the past when I've said that. <coughs> Excuse me. But if you're in the gym laying down on a bench, holding up a weighted bar, letting go is not really great advice. If you just release the weight, it's going to come crashing down on you. But here's the deal. Peter does not say, let go and let God. 
Peter does not say, go ahead, let it go. Release it. Here's what Peter says. Transfer it. Peter says, transfer your anxiety. Transfer it to God. Let God carry the weight that has been holding you back and keeping you down. You say, all right, but, but how do you do that? That sounds great. That's great preacher speak. But how do you do that when you've seen what's taken place? When you've seen what's happened over this last week and, and, and you've experienced, Chris, what I've experienced, when you've dealt what I've experienced, this idea of just taking my anxiety and giving away, how in the world do you do that? Well, context helps. Oftentimes we quote this particular passage as a standalone statement and we need to read it in its entirety. And so you have to go back up to verse 6. It's where Peter says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand so that he might be able to lift you up in due time. Now the New International Version translates these two verses into two separate sentences, putting a period between them. But it could and probably should just be a comma where it's a continuation of a thought. The cast your anxiety portion is actually the back end of a complete thought. To where what Peter is saying, humble yourselves, casting all your anxiety on him. You see, we humble ourselves by casting our cares on God. And when we transfer our anxiety to God, we are expressing our humility. And Peter is trying to make a connection. Pride and anxiety, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Think about it. Pride makes me self-centered. And the more self-centered I am, the more I'm concerned about my own pleasure and about my own desires and my own comfort. And therefore, the more anxious I become. And pride has control issues. Everything depends on me. You don't know how much restraint it took me this last week to keep from rushing the cockpit in a good way. To say, can I please just sit here with you as the pilot and take the controls? Now, I know nothing about flying a plane. But man, I would have felt so much more at ease if I had known that I was the one responsible. Pride wants to control everything. And pride refuses to ask for help. We feel like we have to carry the weight on our own. I mean, think about the anxiety that you're dealing with and ask yourself this. Have I asked anyone to help me? Have I asked anyone to help me? Have I, have I talked to my husband? Have I talked to my wife? Have I talked to my parents? Have I gone to a counselor? Have I called up the doctor? It's not that bad. Oh, really? Ask your spouse how bad it is. You don't think it's that bad? Ask your kids what they think about what the anxiety is doing to your life. You don't think it's that bad? Ask your kids about what scares them. Have you asked for any help? You see, Peter understands the connection pride has to anxiety. And so he tells us, look, transfer the cares that you have to God. Now, I mentioned that, look, he says transfer the cares, but the situations are still going to be there. And like I said, you're still going to have to go to school and the work situation might not change. And, and, and the chemical imbalance that maybe that you're dealing with is perhaps still going to be there. 
And there are going to be other strategies that you're going to have to use and other things that are going to have to be done to deal in the moment with the physical and to deal with those things that are pressing in on you. But the anxiety that comes from that, he says, look, would you just humbly swallow your pride and come before God? You see, we need to confess our pride and say, you know what? I've got control issues. We need to confess our pride and say, you're right, I'm self-centered. And that's the reason I've got a lot of the anxiety that's on me. We must confess our pride and say, you know what, I have. I've refused to ask for help. And I know that's what I need. So we swallow our pride. We come humbly before God. And then we need to worship often. When we worship, we humble ourselves Worship is a powerful antidote for worry because you, you, you cannot worship and worry at the same time. They're incompatible. Because when you come to, together, when you are either with a group or whether you're by yourself and you're offering up praise to God, you're reminded of his greatness and you're being reminded of his power and you're being reminded of his care. And we naturally just begin to cast and to transfer the weights off and to just be free. And as we've already been doing today, would you pray daily and continually ask God for the help that he has promised? In Philippians, Paul would say, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And then you will experience God's peace. Church, I want you to hear me. Transferring our anxiety to God allows us to live free. It allows us to live free of the weight that comes when we hear about the evil that's present. It allows us to live free when, when we walk in and we find out, great, I've got that teacher. It allows us to live free when we don't get in the friend group that we want. It allows us to live free when the job doesn't go the way we want, when we don't get the promotion. It allows us to live free when the doctor says, look, I've got some bad news and I'm just going to got to be honest with you. It's not going to take long. You transfer it because he cares for you. Unencumbered from anxiety and worry, we're then free to focus on God's kingdom his kingdom vision and participate in his life restoring mission. The anxious weights that you carry are not part of, it's not what God made you for or formed you for. It's not who he saw you in the beginning to be. You are his child and he adores you and he sees you in the struggle. He understands the brokenness. He even knows the pride that perhaps has caused some of the anxiety that you feel. The heartache that you have is also his and he's moved by tenderness and compassion because he desires to take away the weight and leave you unhindered because he wants you to live free. We saw this first earlier and so I thought, why not end this time with it? Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. So this morning, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you to do something symbolic. And yet symbols are very powerful to us. 
Many of you have already gotten the sticky notes that were there on your pew. They were passed down. And, and if you haven't, just ask someone that's on the end. Say, hey, I, I need one of these. And you do. This is going to be important. Make sure that everybody's got a sticky note. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down on that sticky note whatever anxiety currently is weighing you down. I know some of you are going... I need five, five, anybody pass them down? You got extras? No, I want you to. I want you to write it down, and and, and here's why. Uh, You're going to notice our our elders, um, some of our staff, they're going to be getting up right now, and and they're going to be standing at different areas. Go ahead, guys. When I say our elders and staff are getting up, that means, yeah, that's that's the cue. That's the cue. Um, they're here with a bucket and I've got one as well and I'll be here in the front and each one has one of these and they're going to be positioned all around the room and and here's what we're going to do as we as we sing together I, I want you to take the anxiety whatever it is that you're writing down Whatever it is that keeps you up at night, whatever it is that causes you pain, whatever it is that is weighing on your heart that God's spirit is revealing to you right now, I want you to take it and I just want you to walk as we're singing to to one of these buckets. And you're going to transfer that weight. And you're going to throw it off. And I don't know, maybe when you, when, when you get to the bucket, maybe you'd like for, for, for one of our elders to, to pray with you. That's fine. Just, just ask for prayer and say, you know what? I need you to pray for this. And just stick the sticky note right there on your forehead. And guess what? You can pray right there. The next person in line, just hold the bucket while they're praying, okay? And then come back to your seat and, and worship unencumbered, unhindered, and free, surrounded by men and women who together with you have experienced the power, the might, and the care of God. So as we sing, it's not going to be a, hey, let's stand and come forward if you need some prayers. It's going to be, we're going to sing and we're going to just stand up and move all over the room and you're just going to take that piece of paper and you're going to go throw it in a bucket and maybe you're going to stop and pray and then you're going to come back and we're going to worship. Anxiety's real. It's time to get rid of it. It's time to get rid of that weight. It's time to throw it off because we have a God who truly cares. Let's throw it away as together we stand and give God praise. You throw it away, you transfer it, and you do not come up here and pick up one of these sticky notes and carry it home. Father, we have transferred, at least symbolically, We've transferred our anxiety and worry, our cares to you. 
Father, we realize it's, it's a lot harder than just writing down some cares and concerns on a sheet of paper. It's something that has to be done daily. It's something that has to be done hourly. We swallow our pride. We, we worship before you. We pray continually. But Father, I thank you for being willing to take on the weight. Willing to take on the burden. Willing to take on the, the anxiety that we feel because we can't be in control. and Because we don't know all the answers. And because we do live in a fallen world where evil is present. Thank you for wanting and empowering us to live free. And so for every single person in this room, Father, who has written something down, for, for those who have, have taken this and said, you know what, maybe for the first time, God, I'm going to give it to you, then I ask for the strength and courage for this week. Strength and courage that that they, that we all might be able to live free from this weight so that we might be able to run the race that is marked out before us. Father, thank you for calling us your children. Thank you for being our father. And thank you for taking the weight that has weighed us down. In the name of Jesus, we offer you praise. Amen. Man, I appreciate We serve a good God, and we serve a great God.